To another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. Beatty, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Ready for football, college football, real football that means something. You know, I'm just disappointed that it's only two games. That's my that's my one nitpick. Um, well, I kind of gave you shit last week because I didn't really look at the schedule. I figured it was that bullshit Hawaii-Colorado State game like last year in the Arizona game. But it was actually a good game in, what is it, Florida-Miami or Florida State-Miami? Who's playing? It's Miami and who? Uh, Florida, Florida and Miami. Yeah, Florida and Miami. So it's actually going to be one good game, 6 o'clock on Saturday. You know, get you ready. You know, get the get the wives and the girlfriend ready for what's about to go down. You know what I mean? Saturdays are no no longer free. <laughs> we're we're busy now, ladies. Yeah, we're busy. It's over. Yeah, we'll see y'all in February. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm yeah. pretty excited about that game. Miami has some interesting storylines. I don't know if I'm that interested in Florida, but you know, try to see what Florida's working with if they can come back. Really interested in what Miami's gonna do, and you know they got the offensive coordinator that came from Bama. Tate Martell, that's the dude. Isn't it the dude that came from, um, ah, shit. Didn't he transfer from Ohio State? From Ohio State last year, yeah. And he's or not. Two years ago. Yeah, he didn't, he's not starting. Now he's, it was this year, wasn't he? That was the big roller coaster. They were going to oh, get Jalen Hurts, right. you know, right. and then the uh, kid from Georgia went to uh, Ohio State. So then Tate Martell went to Miami, and everyone assumed, boom, he's just going to start, and he gets beat out. <laughs> so now they're working him out of, like, wide receiver and shit. Um, I'm excited, man. I, I This is obviously, you know, we've been having some dead weeks. The NFL preseason has been an absolute shit show. Worse um, than years. Yeah, it's it's been bad, but man, college is bad. I mean, there's only two games, and I'll probably watch both. That Arizona game gonna... might be good too, um, cause that's the uh, man. You know I'm bad with names. What's the damn coach from Texas A&M? Jimbo. No. Oh, you t- you no, mean the uh, old coach, um, the black dude? Yeah. What's his name? Kenny uh, Kenny Sumlin. Yeah, Kevin Sumlin. Now you you acting yeah. like me. Yeah, Kevin Sumlin. That's his. Uh, Kevin Sumlin. <laughs> that's his introduction to first game. You know, get the nightcap. Since it's in Arizona, you get uh, so you get football. What from six to eleven? <laughs> well, I guess yep. you're in Arizona, so shit. Never so, mind. Pro- the problem is with uh, the one thing I like about college football, or really love about college football, is other college football fans and. People in Arizona just don't give a shit about college football. Like, I've been trying to talk to somebody about college football. My buddy went to a- to uh, the U of A, as a lot of them out here did. And I'm like, oh, you're going to watch the game Saturday? And they're like, what game? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like wow. Uh, you know, and same thing with ASU. I guess it's because the, Pac- the Pac-12 in general is just not very good at anything other than baseball. And you so, know the crazy part about that is Arizona's actually putting out, like, quality quarterbacks for, like, the past five mm-hmm. years. They're, like, and receivers, receivers, quarterbacks. They got um, dudes coming through their JUCO system down there. They have a lot of quality talent coming out of Arizona, which makes it even crazier that Arizona, Arizona State isn't bet- better, um, that people don't care about it in Arizona because they're a pretty fertile recruiting ground. I'm a big OU fan, and we've been in there for a while. I mean, yeah, you look at 
what Brett Hundley, Christian Kirk. I mean, they they're putting dudes in the league that that are from here. Um, that's just to name a few. So yeah, it's a little strange that that people. I mean, but like I said, they they do follow the NFL, but college college football is just not a big deal on the West Coast unless it's USC, uh, Oregon, Stanford, and even even then they don't really give a fuck. So it's kind of disappointing living in 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 here out on the West Coast. But once we we get into the uh, Getting to Texas, I'm sure it's going to be a whole different animal. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, uh, what would you think of that uh, top 25 preseason list? You know, usually preseason doesn't mean a lot, but did anything jump out to you on the list? Um, not really in the top 10. I'm, I am, I'm, other than maybe Florida, um, having them ranked at eight, I thought was, I don't know, a little heavy. They're returning a lot of starters, though, I believe. Yeah, but – I'm not sold on Florida. Um, other than that, it's the usual suspects in the top ten. Um, you know, you've got, of course, Clemson is going to start at number one, Alabama right behind them, Georgia. Um, my problem with LSU is they always have talent, but I'm just not sure that they have. I'm not sure Ed Orgeron is a good head coach. Um, he's never shown that he is. So we'll see. I, I've seen a lot of people predicting Michigan to, to make the college football playoff and possibly be in the uh, national title game. Wasn't that the call uh, last year, too, and they did atrocious? Basically, it's been that since Jim Harbaugh has been the coach there. So, okay, just checking. Uh, yeah, apparently, apparently this is the year. So, um, you know, other than that, you know, after the top ten, I don't really pay attention to it. I have seen a, a lot of buzz around Utah, um, which is kind of shocking, but um, I think – that you know, ten through fifteen is going to be an interesting fight to to get into that top ten with Washington, who's always good. I mean, they seem to fight or they seem to falter somewhere um, down the stretch. But with Utah, who's a strong team, Central Florida, we know is not going to make the college uh, football playoff no matter what. Um, Auburn can always make some noise, but after that, I think that's pretty interchangeable. The one shocker was uh, was Syracuse in the top twenty five at twenty two. Yeah, well, Syracuse they had a pretty good run last season, so they were a pretty good team. Not like top they damn near beat Clemson. Yeah, yeah, they were they were a strong team. So maybe I don't know a lot about Syracuse football, but I'm gonna assume that all those players were young and they returned a lot of starters. That's why they're being. That's why they're giving all this love. But man, I really the one thing that stood out to me was Georgia. I mean, I guess they've been pretty consistent. I just something about them. I just don't like them this year. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why. I don't have a great reason. They're returning a lot of their skill positions back. I just don't believe that they're going to be a number three ranked team. Now, they should have gotten the college football play, playoffs last year, um, arguably, but they lost two games. So who's to say that they're going to be much better than they were last year? Um, people made the argument that they should have made the playoffs with two losses, which I don't think any team with two losses should make the playoffs if you got an undefeated team and a bunch of one-loss teams. That's a ridiculous. That's a ridiculous argument to me. But I like Oklahoma and I like Ohio State way better than I like Georgia this year. So that was the one thing that jumped out to me. Uh, I think Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma, um, Ohio State are the top four teams. Georgia will fall in the fifth, sixth range with LSU. I'm with you with LSU. I don't really believe in LSU. I believe that they're going to be ultra talented, but I don't think that they have the right coach to put that talent together, nor do I believe they have the right quarterback. And I believe everything in college football starts with your quarterback. I don't like Michigan. Don't love Florida. Notre Dame is, eh. I mean, they got the schedule to make it. I really like Texas, though. I think Texas is underrated at 10. Um, if 
I, I just think Texas is a better team than people are giving, giving them credit for. I'm a big Oklahoma fan, and that's the only game that I'm worried about for Oklahoma. And the fact that the Big 12, as I spoke about a lot last year, um, has that round robin where you play everybody and then you got to play a team twice. It's going to be hard for Oklahoma to beat Texas twice or Texas to beat Oklahoma twice. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes down in the Big 12. I know there's not a lot. People don't have a lot of faith in the Big 12, but I think Oklahoma – um, and Texas are going to be strong teams. And even Oklahoma State, I think those are going to be three strong teams in college football this year, and they all play each other. And two of those teams are going to have to play each other twice. So it should get interesting. Yeah, and you know, as I'm looking over the, the top 25 again, it, it also is a shocker to me just how weak the Pac-12 is. This is the first yeah. time that USC hasn't been ranked in the top 25 in decades, um, since like the 90s, I think. And then... You know, Stanford is barely sneaking in there. Washington State barely sneaking in there. But basically, it's just Utah and Washington, and that's it. Um, which, and you, you know, and Washington is changing quarterbacks, so you can't even depend on that because you right. never know how, how a new quarterback is going to go. So you're looking at a bunch of the Big twin, 10, Big 12, and, and SEC, basically. So um, it, it's going to be a good year. Um, oh, I forgot Oregon is in there. So, you know, five, I guess five in the top 25 is not the bad. The number but. one pick quarterback. Uh, so they say. Uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. For some reason, I, I heard someone compare the, him to Brett Favre today, which <laughs> someone every year gets compared to Brett, Brett Favre. And, I just, and, and I'm sick of, of it. Baker Mayfield, I just don't get it. And I don't even like it for Baker Mayfield because Baker, Baker Mayfield is way more efficient as a quarterback than Brett Favre has ever been in his career. Now, to be, you know, Baker Mayfield hasn't done half of what Brett Favre has done in his career. I'll give everyone that. But as far as pure efficiency – it's just ridiculous because he's not a gunslinger like that. Like, his interceptions is never, like, 22 and 30. You know what I mean? He's, right. he's never had those high interception rates. So everyone gets compared to Brett Favre as a gunslinger. Gunslinger means that you're going to have a high interception rate. I don't like Patrick Mahomes being compared to him. The best comparison was Tony Romo. But after that, I don't see a good comparison for Brett Favre. It's the same dude. Last play game, you don't know if he's going to throw in double coverage and throw a pick or throw a miraculous touchdown. So I, I don't like that comparison to every quarterback because it's not always a good thing. Yeah, and I, you know, not to make this a Brett Favre podcast, but it, it, Brett Favre is that one dude, though, that no matter what, I cannot take my eyes off him. Um, he, he was always fun to watch play. So I agree. Um, you know, it, 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 whether you knew, it's kind of like. Uh, what they used to say for Iversons, like, man, he'll shoot you in, he'll shoot you out. <laughs> so, you know, that that's it's the same kind of player uh, with Brett Favre. He he'll he'll get you in a game, but he might throw it throw it right back to the other team. So and yeah, I, I would say Tony Romo's probably the, the best comparison to that. And you really don't have a lot of that in the league anymore at all, actually. Um <clears throat> I don't know if they're last in the league. I don't think anybody has a leash like that that can just throw picks and um you be you're comfortable with it. You know what I mean? It's just the scrutiny. It's like it's like in basketball with the three-point shot. You know, people have gotten so good at shooting. Guards have gotten so good at shooting. People forget in the 90s, dudes weren't consistently shooting, you know, 60% from the field. You know what I mean? Right. Dudes didn't have these high field goal percentages. Steph Curry was an oddity. You know, now everyone shoots those high field goal percentages. So now you look at, you know, other guards and you expect everyone that 45%, oh, he can't shoot. Not looking back in the NBA, I mean... Jason Kidd was like a career 29% shooter. <laughs> he got it done. So the standards change when the league changes. I just don't like just going back and 
compared everyone to Brett Favre like he was the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, I don't even have Brett Favre in my top three of quarterbacks of all time. So why is every quarterback compared to Brett Favre? Because his arm was so strong? I don't even think he's in the top five. Um, I mean, probably top ten, but, yeah, he's definitely not a top five quarterback of all time. Not, not like, you know, personally who I like to watch. That's one thing. But, yeah, as far as overall real life, no, nah, he ain't top five. Um, but every quarterback but, gets compared to him. That's the thing. But, yeah, let's move reason. on. Um, so, is there anything you're looking forward to? Any surprises that you're – I mean, you obviously you're an Oklahoma fan. I'm an Arkansas fan. So, I mean, I don't think Arkansas is going to have a great year. I think they've got us winning four games, which I think Arkansas will win. Uh, I, I think I think they'll get five or six wins. Vegas um, kicked it up to like six and a half. It was five and a half, and I guess the betting line was so uh, crazy. It I went to like I six and a half. Took- I knew I should have took that. I knew I should have took that um, when yeah, I saw it because four. They're 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 the beginning of their season schedule is just it's it's cake. So they should start out four and zero. And the second year in Chad Moore, under Chad Chad Morris and in his system, he's starting to get his guys in there. I like the direction Arkansas is going. I don't think that they're going to be a competitive team this year. Uh, as far as you know, competing for uh, playoffs or uh, you know a major bowl or anything, but I could see them heading in that direction within the next few years. Uh, but what, I, I, what do you think about Oklahoma? Well, um, let me touch on Arkansas for a second because I do live in Arkansas, so I have these debates often. Um, I'm not a like I am an Arkansas hater. Let's get that out the way. I hate Arkansas. We know. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't. You know, full disclosure. But um, after we say that, I do think Chad Morris is a good coach. I do think that he's eventually going to put his system in place. But I hate the argument, oh, second year in his system, because it's not his players a second year in his system. He had like 20 dudes transfer. He got he transferred some dudes in. He got a new freshman class coming in. <laughs> so the team that he has, this is like his first year again, but just like his first year in his system. So I don't expect a lot from him. Like you said, their schedule is kind of easy. I see them winning four to five games because they have four easy ass games on their schedule after that it gets re- very iffy and they have a very very brutal stretch like around game five <laughs> it's yeah, like it gets ugly it's so an ugly stretch portland state ole miss colorado state and uh san jose state now colorado state beat them last year um ole miss that's you know it's an sec game it's a rivalry game well not necessarily right but you know what i mean it, it's a division opponent so yeah. that could go either way um, but then, yeah, it gets it gets pretty <laughs> re- ugly after that. You go Texas A and M, which is going to be in Dallas. Um, so it's basically a home game from A and M, even though it's considered a home game for Arkansas. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> um, and then <clears throat> they go to Kentucky, to Auburn. Or sorry, Auburn comes to Arkansas. Um, then they go to Alabama, then Mississippi State. Then they get a break with Western Kentucky, and then they finish with LSU and Missouri. So. That's uh yeah it's it's a I mean but that's the SEC West for you it's a it's a brutal schedule once yeah. you get into the thick of it and traditionally what's been happening is Arkansas kind of kicks themselves in the butt by messing up on one of those games that they for sure should win like they lose to Colorado State it's gonna be a rough season all they gotta do is lose Ugh. one of these nine conference games and it's gonna be a terrible year. Uh, because they need every one of these non-conference games just to get to four. Then after that, you need a couple of upsets. You need to beat Ole Miss. You know what I mean? That, Like for you sure. said, that's a 50-50 game. That's five wins right there. Then you're looking for your sixth win during that brutal schedule. Do you upset and Texas A&M? Kentucky this? or Mississippi State yeah. is like your target. So. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not an easy win after you get the five. And that's if you take care of the games that you're guaranteed, well, that you're supposed to win, that you're paying people to come in and play. If you take care of those games, then I can see five wins. But then after that, I can't guarantee any wins. The, but on the flip side, Arkansas has, a, has this thing about playing down and up to their competition. So that's the crazy thing is they could lose the Portland State and then turn around and beat. You know Kentucky. You know what I mean? It's or, just or whoop Mississippi State, or or they'll upset Auburn or something crazy. Yeah, but, they could beat know. Auburn and then lose to Portland State. So it's yeah. you just never really know what you're gonna get on the field with Arkansas. So the, the problem with Arkansas is they don't the the state doesn't do them any favors because every other year they they basically lose two home games. So you know they only have I think three actual. SEC home games, or sorry, two actual SEC home games at home. So you lose the one in Dallas to Texas A&M every year. For recruiting. Whatever. And Jerry Jones. Whatever. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) But then you lose a game to Little Rock every year, which is just asinine. Boosters. (laughs) You have a lot of boosters in Little Rock. That that stadium sucks. That it doesn't really sell out half the time, and you know it's it's just a waste. You know, so Arkansas doesn't do themselves any favors in that regard, but. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not expecting much this year. I just want to see improvement. And, you know, as a fan, that's one thing I I do love as, as, uh, you know, a Razorback fan. Most of the time, we're realistic. We don't expect to come in and be. (laughs) I don't know who you could talk to. That's a lot. (laughs) You you could say, what, the Razorback fans are pretty fickle. Like, if if they lose to Portland State. We're not selling out any game during the season. Like, yeah, yeah, that's over. that's in the season. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the all season. Now you guys will jump ship and burn your quarterback's car down. You will do oh, that. But I'm <laughs> I'm saying before the season, the unrealistic expectations is crazy, and that's why you're so disappointed during the season. Like oh, this I've season, seen people who are like, "Oh, we'll we'll win seven to nine games this year." I'm like, "Are you kidding?" Yeah, I've seen. <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard it. That's what I'm saying. You guys won two games last year. So realistic expectations, five to six. That's a good season. I've heard I eight agree. to nine. No, that's I don't insane. see it. <laughs> insane. Um, but let's not bore everybody with Arkansas talk. How do you feel about Oklahoma? We can break down the SEC or whichever one you want to, but I wanted to get to Oklahoma first. Yeah, man, I love what Oklahoma's doing. I mean, um, I've heard a lot of talk. Um, a lot of people are scared of what, I mean, OU fans, other people doubting SEC fans because of what you've seen from um, Jalen Hurts as a quarterback at, uh, at, at um, Alabama. So if you don't know, Alabama transferred to Oklahoma. He's now the starting quarterback. He won the starting job earlier this week. The one thing I love about Jalen Hurts is the way he uses his legs. Baker Mayfield, he was tough. He tried to use his legs, but he just wasn't really quick. He was tough, but he didn't really get away from anybody. So when he's playing the Iowa States and things like that, I mean, it was good, not great. But when he played Texas or teams that were super athletic, Baker Mayfield really struggled. Those two games against Clemson, games against Texas, Baker Mayfield really struggled. His accuracy is the one that got it done at the end of the season. Kyler Murray, very accurate quarterback. He needed to feel safe in the pocket. But as you can see, when he played Bama and he played Texas, those big defensive ends gave him trouble because he wasn't comfortable. He couldn't just step up. They just grab him and pull his little ass back. I love Jalen Hurts. He's not a pure passer like Baker or Kyler, but he's way better at using his legs. And when Lincoln Riley was at East Carolina, that was his system. It's a run-based system. Yeah, we put up a lot of passing yards, but everything starts with the run. If you look at all of our stats, we have heavy run stats, very heavy run stats. So with Jalen Hurts, 
if he can actually turn it up field on those option plays and actually be a threat on those RPOs because he's not a pure passer, that's going to take our offense to another level that people hadn't seen. And that's what I've seen in spring ball. That's what I've been hearing about. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to bring a new dynamic to this offense as nobody's ever that, that we haven't seen in the Leak and Raleigh system. Don't get me wrong. Kyler was very explosive, but Kyler had already signed a baseball contract and he was protecting himself. He only ran if he had to, and he got down and got out of bounds, which is smart because he was the number one pick in the draft. But you have a person in Jalen Hurts that's trying to prove to people that he's a starting quarterback. This is his last chance. This is the difference between him getting an NFL contract and him not. He's not going to get drafted number one, I don't believe, no matter how good he does. No way. Yeah, he'll be a third or fourth round pick, but he's trying to get in there. And the only way that he's going to get in there is to show his athleticism with his improved passing. And I think his passing has improved. I think there's going to be a dynamic offense with the wide receivers that we have. We're bringing back C.D. Lamb, who's a dynamic receiver, and we got the number one and four wide receiver in the nation. I I really like this offense, man. I think we're going to be dangerous. Defense, that's another story. That's that's always OU's downfall, man. We can't guard anybody. Put up a bunch of points. We like the, uh, what is it, 2004 Colts. <laughs> we can put up a lot of points. We can't, can't stop, stop shit. <laughs> yeah. But I do think, the, the, I think the problem with Oklahoma that they're going to run into is the, the Big 12 is pretty deep. Um, Not this well, year. Not this year. Uh, deeper than, than, than usual because I think Texas is going to be good. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, their national championship good, but. I think they're going to be better. I think Nebraska is going to be better. I, I think that, that Nebraska is you know, in the big, big 10. You're like oh, 10 sorry. years too yeah. late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, who's I thinking of? They're, they're not uh, really Ohio that good. State. Ohio State's in the big 10. <laughs> no, no. I, I said Iowa State. Oh, Iowa State. Uh, yeah, Iowa State. Yeah. But the thing about Iowa State is funny because Iowa State plays a cover four on us. And that's what I go back to having quarterbacks that don't want to run. That's kind of how they get us. Is they play uh, cover four and their linebackers a spy? I don't believe they can do that with Jalen Hurts. If we just run, like if he can turn it upfield, he's gonna kill the cover four. But and then you've always got West Virginia who hangs around somehow. So, um, but you, are you? You think it's just gonna come down to per usual Oklahoma and Texas? Yeah, I think this is going to be an Oklahoma and Texas. I think the Red River rivalry is going to be a big game, and then Texas has to hold on because I don't think I think the only competition OU has this year is Texas. So if they win that a Red River rivalry game, then that's going to put Texas in a bad position. Texas really needs to win that game because Texas has a tendency to struggle with teams that OU hasn't struggled with in like the past five years. Like they struggle with OSU, they struggle with West Virginia, they struggle with those systems. And the reason why they struggle with specifically OSU and West Virginia is because, oh, never mind, the coach just left. He's not at West Virginia anymore. But the coach that was at West Virginia came from OSU, and he played the exact same system as OSU, and that gave Texas trouble. So the fact that that coach left, I think West Virginia is going to take a dip, even though they got Austin Kendall. OU. I actually forgot that he left. Yeah, he did. I just thought about that. Yeah, he left. Where did he go? Shit, I don't know. I just remember he left, so I couldn't uh, tell you where he went. I, com- <laughs> I completely forgot about that. I'm so used to. I mean, that's a fixture with uh, with West Virginia. I, I can't even remember where he went. Yeah, he he left. Was it TCU? No, because Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson. That's the. That's going to be the competition. Is TCU? TCU should be better than they were last year. They had a downturn. Ba- where did he go? Uh, I don't think he went in the out. Big Twelve. I think he went outside the Big Twelve. Fuck, I want to say he went to like Houston or something. I need to look. I think it it was Houston. Yep, Dana White went to Houston. That's right. Yeah. And well, yep. OU plays Houston the first game, so 
I don't know if they got the talent yet to really compete, but that's where it went. Dana Hogerson. Yeah, and you know, Dana White. <laughs> that's, a, that's UFC. Uh, you know, and it's funny because a lot of people saw that as a step down for him, but we all know that, you know, Houston's kind of a stepping stone job. So if you get that Houston job, you're getting a big job right after it, whether it be, I don't know, Arkansas, whether it be Texas A&M, whether it be, uh, you know, wherever else these guys have gone. Um, that, that seems to be a launching pad, pad job, and it has been for a while. Yeah, I mean – if you look at it, West Virginia is a bigger program, but Houston's the better job, which sounds crazy because if you can recruit Houston and then you can make them win, people get better jobs out of Houston. You get stuck at West Virginia, and West Virginia is not really going anywhere. It's not bringing in the funding or the amount of money. Everything's about the amount of money that that school brings in. If that school's boosters and yeah. isn't bringing in crazy amounts of money, then it's no point of being at that school. And Houston probably brings in more money and has just as many boosters as any other school. I really wanted Houston to get into the Big 12, but Texas bitch-ass Texas keeps blocking them getting in there because they want those Texas recruits. But I really right. wish Houston would get into the Big 12. That would make it very, very interesting if they get the backing of the Big 12 with that money and the region that they have. They don't even have to leave Houston to get elite recruiting classes. They could just recruit right. in Houston and get top five recruiting classes every year, kind of like LSU. Yeah. Um, so, at some point, people will say that it'll happen, that, that uh that Houston will be in the Big 12, but you're right. Texas does not want anyone else coming to the Big 12 that's in Texas. They couldn't wait for uh, Texas A&M to leave the SEC or leave for the SEC. So, um, and that's hurt their know. recruiting. They should have just paid Texas A&M because that's killed mm-hmm. their recruiting, big time. So you know, um, all right, man. Before we get out of uh, college football, anything that you're really looking forward to? I mean, college football, man. I, I just I love it. Once it once the season starts, once we get, I mean, it lets me know that it falls right around the corner, even though that doesn't make a difference in, in Arizona. Uh, you know, it's, it's just my favorite time of the year is coming around. So, yeah, I'm really interested in Tua, man. I want to see how he rebounds. Uh, I feel like that um, some of his, the holes in his game was shown in that championship. Uh, I don't know if any of the teams that they play on their schedule are equipped to do what Clemson did. But he's shown if you can get some pressure on him, if you can hit him a couple of times like Georgia did and like Clemson, then, I mean, he's he's kind of fragile, man. He's the same thing I was saying with Kyler Murray. Those guys, they're little guys, man. <laughs> I mean, they're not they're not huge guys. And if you touch them a couple of times, then they get really sporadic on their throwing. So I'll be interested to see if a team like LSU could just go all out just to touch them a couple of times and get them really off his game to take that point levels down of what Alabama does. Uh, I believe Georgia – they should be equipped to do it defensively. Um, everything I was talking about with Georgia was offensively, but they just brought in another crazy defensive recruiting class. So if they they they're definitely going to be able to rush the passer. It's just something about Georgia. It doesn't matter who the coach is; they just never really live up to their potential. You know what I'm saying? Georgia should be easily coming out of the East every year, every year, undefeated every and only year. have one loss. But somehow yep. they just manage to lose. It's been that way for like 10 years, no matter how much talent Georgia has. And it's just so upsetting because they're so talented. They put so many people in the NFL. They're so talented and balanced on both sides of the ball. But it's just always something missing where they don't consistently go. It should always be Georgia and Alabama, realistically. Alabama should dominate the West most years. Georgia should dominate the East most years. But it just doesn't seem to play out like that and it's crazy yeah 
Um, we'll see. I think I think Georgia will win the East. Um, the East is improving, you know, with Florida, um, South Carolina. Um, yeah, Tennessee stinks, but um, maybe they'll get back to relevance. Kentucky's going to take a step back this year, so there's really no reason for Georgia not to win the East unless Florida is a you know. I know they return a lot of a lot of players, so um, that could be their only hiccup. But I think Georgia should win the East. Um, but we'll see. They, they, like you said, they always seem to kick themselves in the teeth at some point. Uh, before we get to the NFL, I want to switch gears a little bit. Dwight Howard signed with the Los Angeles Lakers in 2019. <laughs> Going back, how do you feel about that? I feel like this is a. This is a total LeBron move, you know, trying to recapture the magic from like 2000 and what, 10, 2009 or some shit. Like, why bring Dwight Howard in? Number one, that team does not need a Dwight Howard. You you already got your locker room cancer, a known locker room cancer. Um, He has this back injury, which he struggles with. Even when he says he's healthy, it only takes about 10 games for it to reoccur. He's had surgery on it like a dozen times. He clogs the lane. Uh, he's a rebounder, and he wants to put it back, but he cries for the ball on a regular basis. He's n- There's not enough balls to go around to let Dwight Howard post up like he's back in Orlando. Uh, he can't shoot the ball. <laughs> you know what I'm, I don't understand it. Like he, They would have been better off going to get like Amari Spates or somebody, somebody that can stretch the floor. That's what I felt like they lost with Boogie. You have Jamel, JaVale McGee. That's just that's if it's not better than Dwight Howard shit, it's at least equal. He's a younger version of what Dwight Howard is. He blocks shots, he rebounds, he catches oops, and he doesn't want the ball. He's just comfortable doing those things. I don't know that Dwight Howard's comfortable doing that. I don't understand what they're building there. They're still not going to get shooters. At this day and age, they're still giving away players like Brooke Lopez and going to get players like Dwight Howard. This isn't the nineties. It's dumb. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. I could see, you know, if, if Dwight Howard was even freaking productive, I mean, yeah, he'll get you 10 and 10. He'll get your rebounds. But as you said, I mean, he clogs the lane. Um, yeah, he's just not a guy that you want on the floor. Maybe it works out for him. Maybe it doesn't. I wanted to kind of touch on that real quick. I just, I don't know what the Lakers are doing. Um, I just I, don't, I don't like I, this team. I don't, I mean, I think they'll be competitive, but I don't see a, a championship team. Like, you know what's funny? All right, so here is a perfect segue today is kobe bean bryant's like 40 something birthday the mamba uh, and laker fans are and are, are the most unrealistic people i've ever seen in my life i mean the whole if it's not a championship year um it's not successful hold on hold on now playoffs? you got cowboys fans out there well they, they yeah but at least the cowboys have been you know good at, at, for part of the decade the yeah. Lakers have stunk since the last time Dwight Howard was there. Uh, just they, They've been bad. And I think that's the last time they made the playoffs. So, you know, you would think that this generation of Laker fans is like, oh, yeah, I mean, we've stunk for a while, whatever. But, no, every year it's, oh, we're going to the finals. We're going to the finals. And it's like, no, you're not. You <laughs> no, <stink."> you're not. <laughs> so I saw something on Twitter today, speaking of Kobe. Uh, is Kobe Bryant overrated? Or underrated you know we've argued about this uh for a long time Kobe Bryant is definitely underrated I don't even know how that shit happened over the years LeBron James somehow suppressed Kobe Bryant into being underrated one of the most hated people more I'm not gonna say hated one of the more polar polarizing players during his career 
LeBron James has changed him to be to make him underrated. Like I'm hearing kids now like saying, "Oh, Kobe's not even in the top 10 and stupid shit like that." Like people better go Ludicrous. check Yeah, people better go check Kobe's resume, man. Like I'm a big Kobe hater, but listen, at some point in time, you just got to say this dude's cold. Like his I'm resume Kobe is stupid as well. Um well, not really Kobe hater. I'm indifferent. I I think it, Kobe fans are what pisses me off because uh, I agree because it's a Kobe Laker combination though, right? And so while yes, Kobe, if, whoever says he's not top ten is silly. I, I I won't even entertain it. But also people who are like, oh, he's top three, five. I won't entertain that either <laughs> because you don't think Kobe's top me, five. I don't. That I, is crazy me, to me, me, man. I think Kobe is right around eight. Nine. Eight. I, yeah. I just it's hard for me to believe that you can name eight motherfuckers better than Kobe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You got first of all, I think it's Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Okay. LeBron. Arguably. His middle name is James. Arguably. Arguably. There's arguably. no arguably. Yeah, LeBron James arguably. is the second best player of all time. Bro, I got really I got player. eyes. Like the shit that Kobe really did. The shit that Kobe did on the court, I like better than now LeBron does his thing, but I got eyes. I seen the shit Kobe did, mm-mm, but okay, I, I'm not gonna argue with you about there's, it. Okay, there's LeBron, that Kobe does that's better than LeBron. No, he does everything better than LeBron offensively, and he's good so he, on defense. He's he a better post player. Yes, when he wanted to, he just didn't want oh, to. That wasn't right, the time. Stop. Stop. He does. So no. you don't remember when Kobe was like 38 and said, "Oh, y'all think I can't play?" And average 15 assists for like 20 games straight. He just didn't want bro. to. No. He didn't want to. I'm telling you, man. Kobe okay. could pass. He just didn't give a shit about passing, which I respect because that was the if, era. If, if Kobe wanted to, he could have been easily top five cemented. The fact that we have to argue it is, is like you can't argue that LeBron James ain't top five. Like there's no You can't really argue that Kobe Bryant's not either if you're a reasonable human being. I, I disagree. I mean, you look at his his scoring numbers. Like, I mean, every, everything. You, you look at it, and while it is impressive, I would still take – uh, Larry Bird, I would still take Magic Johnson, I would still take um, uh, Tim Duncan's right there I would still take, I mean, there's, there's dudes that I would put in front of him uh, you know, I would take uh, uh, obviously Kareem who gets disrespected more than anybody in NBA history. I you agree, but put, he played for 20 years. You gotta put Wilt, you gotta put Bill Russell in there, I mean you just do. Bro I, I just don't know I mean, Kobe who on Bryan, that list is Kobe better than? Shit, everybody except for LeBron and uh, Jordan. He's better, definitely better than so fucking you, Larry Bird, one thousand percent. So you've got he's him better than Magic. Best player all time. Yes, I do. And only best person best. I would even argue with you about is Kareem. So at, at worst, he's fourth. Oh, hold on, hold on. I, I take that back. So he's in my top five because Tim Duncan. I don't really like Tim Duncan, but I can see the argument for Tim Duncan being better than him. So if he's not. So top five definitely. I have them at three, but I won't argue with anybody that has them at five. If you got Kareem and uh, Tim Duncan ahead of him, that's why I say. After that, all those other motherfuckers you named, no. Kareem, Tim Duncan, Jordan, LeBron. Those are the only people. Larry Bird, hell no. Magic Johnson, hell no. I'd almost put Shaq above. Get the fuck out of here. I can see why you wouldn't. But <laughs> Get all the way out of here. It's not a stretch. <laughs> yeah, it is. How? Everywhere Shaq goes, them fools got to to, to title in his prime. Kobe won six titles. No, five titles. 
five titles. Yeah, and he won three of them with Shaq. He wasn't even the best player. Which, which now I arguably, hate that argument. Arguably, I hate that argument. Fifteen-time NBA All Star. Because Kobe was that dude. He's the reason they won the one NBA uh, championship, or was it two thousand? Whichever one they played in Indiana, he's the reason they won that championship. Even though Shaq got the MVP, when Shaq fouled out a couple games, Kobe came into his own. And now, anyway, back to bro. The bro, listen. Kobe is ranked what third all time on the scoring list? Yep. He's fifteen time all NBA, twelve time all defensive. Right? Yeah. That's not well, impressive. First he of has all, he has five those, titles. He has five those. NBA titles. He scored eighty three points. Even more impressive than scoring I mean eighty one points. Even more impressive than that. He scored sixty three points in the third quarter and said, You know what? I don't even need to play anymore. And he whooped Debo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nicole, man. He whooped Debo. That's it. Uh, look, I, you're not going to get me to disagree that uh, or that Kobe is underrated now. he's. I, here's my thing. I think he's overrated by Kobe fans. I think he's underrated by basketball fans as a whole. I I don't have him in my top five. You want to put him at six, seven, eight? Cool. I'm cool with any of that. Hey, but hey, listen, listen. And he's also in a three-way tie with the most three-pointers in the game, which I think that may have been broken. By Clay, this year, but it was like twelve. He had twelve three pointers in the game. He wasn't even a three point shooter. Closest thing to Jordan that we've ever seen, man. This Kobe is in the top five. I don't care what you say. I can't put him in the top five. I mean, yeah. I mean, it goes Kobe, Danielle Marshall, uh, Shaq. <laughs> Did you say Danielle Marshall? <laughs> I was wondering when you was gonna catch that. I thought we was naming rosters. I was so confused. I was like, when do they play together? Uh, you know, but but for real, like Kobe's not even better than T Mac. So boy, get you the know. fuck out of here, bro. You you just trying to irritate me now. I'm not gonna get on one of these random Kobe T Mac arguments with you. It was a simple point we were trying to make. Let's move no. on because you know how this is gonna go. But I, I do agree, Kobe underrated um anybody who says he's not top 10 is insane anybody who says he's top three is insane uh you know but anywhere in the middle whatever we can argue about it i don't think he's top five you probably couldn't talk me into it but if you want to say he's top five whatever he ain't top three he's not better than lebron james michael jordan or kareem under any circumstances he's better than kareem bro he's the best laker of all time kareem and magic or lakers he's the best laker of all time how can he not be above them I don't understand it. But let's move so, on because you're going to get my blood pressure high. And the doctor says I need to regulate it. I ate all them damn Popeye's chicken sandwiches and I need to balance. So Popeye's made $23 million <laughs> this week alone off of those chicken sandwiches. Now, Bro, I can't get one. They I sold ha- out. I happen to have one of those chicken sandwiches. Because you're and, in Arizona. Yeah, you know, there's a lack of uh, <laughs> spice out here, I'll say. Uh, anyway, um... That chicken sandwich is damn good. It's definitely better than chicken fillet, and it's. I, I think Wendy's got an underrated spicy chicken sandwich, and it's better than Wendy's. So, uh, welcome to the game, Popeyes. Anyway, but like let's a get true black huh? establishment, I ain't gonna put. I ain't trying to put this on all black establishment. The motherfuckers been sold out for like three days. I can't get a sandwich, man. <laughs> you yeah. try to go in there, the line is all the way to the street and all the way out the back door, and they ain't even got no chicken sandwich. I'm so mad. Yeah, you know, Black people don't prepare for anything now, so <laughs> they they gonna market this, talk about all these Twitter fights, and then don't have enough chicken sandwiches. I mean, yeah, that's a little crazy. And it took forty five minutes for them to cook this motherfucker, but you know, dude had audacity to say, dude had audacity to tell me to say, hey, we sold a thousand of them in two days. What you expect? 
Buy 2,000, motherfucker. Y'all been advertising everywhere. <laughs> Buy more. Boy, I, I went to this Popeye's with my lady. The place smelled like... They they almost burnt the place down. There was a hole in the wall where somebody tried to run through it like the Kool Aid Man, and it was just, it was insane. Fire. I waited a while for this chicken sandwich, and I it, I was like, damn. And they was out of tea. I mean, typical you know Popeyes and and how we roll, but that chicken sandwich was damn good. I got to give it to them. I, it say, I might fly out there just to try that establishment <laughs> you just talked about because I sound like a Waffle House. I know they food fire. <laughs> you ain't you ain't getting it in the South for at least another two three months. Okay. <laughs> Out, out, out on the west coast It wasn't even a line in this Popeyes I was That's, the only one that's there, ridiculous <laughs> It's like going to Chick-fil-A They built a Chick-fil-A back in my hometown And I drove by and it wasn't a line And I was like what the fuck is wrong with that Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. Yep so Popeyes do your thing Hopefully if you can uh, if you can get to Popeyes soon You gotta have that spicy chicken sandwich It's legit um, Alright man let's get to the NFL the, uh, the NFL preseason has been butt ass ugly um, is there a way to fix it? Is there a way to spice it up? Because there's two issues, right? The the starters, for the most part, aren't playing. Unless you're Cam Newton and you want to play hero ball <laughs> in the preseason for some reason. And you get hurt. Um, Bubba Gump. But people are talking about shortening the preseason games, which I don't really necessarily like because... There's a lot of dudes out there busting their ass, man, who who are trying to make teams. A lot of the undrafted guys, the, the guys who turn out to be Adam Thielen, who turn out to be Shannon Sharp, who turn out to be Antonio Brown, who turn out to be James Harrison. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, so something has to happen for those guys because while they may stand out in practice, you really can't simulate game speed, right? Like, I mean, we've played football, and, you know, practice is one thing, but when you're, when you're actually in a game – that it matters or not, you're you're leaving it all out there for the most part if you're trying to prove yourself. So there's got to be a middle ground, right? I mean, I, I disagree, man. You know, I think that all these players and teams are trying to move more towards these joint practices. And um, I don't know who it was. What Maybe it was Jared Goff that made one of the better points. And he was like, hey, you go out there, you, you practice real hard, you get in these preseason games, then you play one series, and then you may play, you know, a half. But – you have the chance of getting hurt, but then when you're when you're playing in these practices and these scrimmages of these joint practices for three or four days, then the first team offense is going against the first team defense, and the, you know for multiple reps instead of one series, you're getting like twenty five to thirty series against you know the Baltimore's defense. You know what I mean? And it's in a controlled environment where players aren't getting hurt, but you're getting that same amount of work. You know, you got the skill because players it's understood not to hit the quarterback and yeah. or hit the running backs or you know basically. You, you run full speed, but you just you try to lay off as far as, you know, the, the skilled players. Unless you're that like the knucklehead from uh, the Houston Texans, the rookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I, the only problem is bringing up your point and what you're saying is how do those other players get those opportunities? And I would say, I mean, having two preseason games should still solve that problem. Because if you do... You know, your regular training camp, and maybe if you want to have two joint practices, and one of the joint practices aren't a game. They're just joint practices with a team. So in that first two weeks, you have your own training camp. Then you have a joint practice with a team that you don't play against, and then one joint practice against the team that you play against. Because with that, you'll still get the joint practice where your starters and your second stream and the 53-man roster players, they're really going to get a chance to work on their craft. And then they can just settle. So those two preseason games that they're going to have that they're talking about having, those are just going to be those 
fringe players and roster battles that's playing it out in those two games. So you're not, there's no facade about, hey, the second game they're going to play a half and the third game they're going to play uh, uh, three quarters. The preseason has essentially always been two games. I mean, you might get a series out of the starters game one. You don't get shit in game four. That's that's Everyone knows that. So you get you used to get a half from the starters in game two and maybe three quarters or a half in game three. So it's no different if you move away from just having two preseason games to have those roster battles. The only thing, if you do a joint practice for that first one, then you may not play your starters at all. Then you have all your you know, all your roster battle people just battling in those two games and make the roster spot. But it also cuts down on those ridiculous injuries, even though you can have injuries in practice. Um, I just – they're not going to cut it because you have to find a way to still make money off of it. Right now, you're still televising these games. You're still charging people regular season prices to get in these preseason games, and people allow the NFL to do it. If people are going to sell out NFL preseason games, they're not going to stop having NFL preseason games. That's the problem. Have you seen any of these preseason games selling out? No, but they're selling enough money where they're still doing it. Well, I mean, I, I'm, they're not not—they're not like not selling out. It's not like, you know, the Orlando Magic's basketball game. is more people in there than that. Now, I mean, you, you do make a good point that the, the problem is either we're going to cut two preseason games and get an 18-game schedule, which the players don't want. But the owners, I mean, you know, if you have you, I mean, I've been to a preseason game. I, man, I'll never forget. I was living in Austin at the time, and the Cowboys, the new Cowboys stadium had just opened up, and uh, the Raiders were going to play in Dallas, which was three hours away from Austin. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get tickets. <laughs> these motherfuckers wanted $300 for these tickets, and I yeah, was crazy. For, you know, for a preseason game. So, you know, it's not like you're getting discounted prices at a preseason game. You're not getting, you know, $3 hot dogs instead of $10 hot dogs or, 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 or no. you know, a $2 beer instead of a, a $9 beer, whatever the case is. I mean, they still it's regular prices. Yeah, it's regular prices. They're trying to get that money, and people are paying yeah. it. You're not they selling out the stadium? For it. But that's crazy to me. If you're um, doing a preseason game, that's just an extra game. If you fill out 30 to 40% of that stadium with concessions, you're just free money, man. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, even... And even, you know, when you buy season tickets, you're buying preseason tickets as well. You're not buying just, you know, regular season tickets. It's, it's I don't know. There's got to be something that needs to be done because for the most part, and we're, we're, we're big time football fans, but man, for the most part, the preseason is unwatchable, uh, especially as you get in later into these games in the third and the fourth quarter, like even the Raiders games, man. If, if the starters, second string guys aren't playing, it's, it's tough to watch. And I think I think these players, um, a lot of these players are making a roster. We think it's because of preseason game, but that's not why they're really making a roster. They're making a roster because of what they're doing in practice. So I think these. I don't think taking away two preseason games is going to stop anybody from making a roster because they see a lot more of these guys during the week. That's why they're getting these opportunities with the first and second string. That's not going to change what? if you have joint How practices. Can, you, you talk about the kid for um, for Cleveland who you know, has now returned two kickoffs for touchdowns. Like, I mean, he's probably not making a team just out of practice. Now you see that he's a dangerous kick returner at the very least. I mean, now, but you you won't get to see that in, in practice, you know what I mean? But there's gotta be a place for guys like that who can earn their way onto a, uh, onto a team and, and really show what they've got. I feel like if you take away the preseason, it's going to be hard for those guys to make the team. But those are like ones and twosies, bro. You can't. You're not gonna ever accommodate everyone. I mean, the guy that's making the team because he's returning kicks, 
I mean, that's not going to be a lot. And if he's doing that, he can do that in the two preseason games. But there's not going to be a ton of dudes that's just making the team because of the two kick returns they returned in preseason. You know what I mean? That's just like an extraordinary circumstance story. And even him getting that opportunity, it goes back to what I said, I believe that he was showing something in practice to even get that opportunity. Yeah, he showed it in the game, but if you're showing that in practice too, at some point in time, they're going to have to do live drills or live scrimmages because it's like college. If you take away the preseason game, they're going to have to do a couple of live scrimmages. So, I mean, he'll get a chance to show it then. I just don't feel like there's a good way to accommodate everybody. But until the NFL players as a whole can learn how to manage their money so they can actually battle for good good terms on the CBA. That's, that's the biggest issue right there is these fools. You, I mean, you even look at you know Le'Veon Bell, who I saw – it wasn't his Instagram because I don't follow him on Instagram, but someone posted something from his Instagram. This fool had to have at least, you know, $2 million worth of jewelry on. And it's like... Just ridiculous, man. Yo, we know a lockout is coming. That's one thing we can say for sure. The 21, I think it's 2021 season. Yeah. I think there will be a lockout. There's no doubt about it. And they're not uh, preparing. They're, they're putting around a document. Like I said, they don't have a LeBron James and a Chris Paul preparing them for a lockout. That's the problem. And, and it goes back to what we talked about last week, man. You got these old school owners who run it like a like it's an old 1945 factory, and these players are idiots still, man. And, that, and that's the biggest difference between the NFL and the NBA players. The NBA players are smart because they do have a LeBron James. They do have a Chris Paul. Um, you know, the, the NFL players are idiots. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they are just dumb. And, well, I don't, I don't want to put that on them. I, I, do, I will say the problem, one of the bigger problems with the NBA is compared to the – I mean, with the NFL as compared to the NBA is that the rosters are so much bigger. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So you have so many lower tier players that you just, can't afford to, to, yeah. to be, you know, in a lockout for the long term. But that's what I was saying. So the NBA is like that, too. But the one thing that stood out to me, and there's a Netflix special. Um, I can't. I got to remember what it's called. I'll tell you next episode. But it doesn't specifically say LeBron. It, it kind of focuses on the agent and make it look like the agent did it. Um, in a different type of way, but when LeBron scheduled those pickup games to get players, those lower tier players like Michael Beasley and people fighting for a contract, that money by just playing pickup games and traveling, that was big because they were about to sign like a Facebook contract to televise the game and create mm-hmm. revenue for the long term if the owners really wanted to stick it out. And once they showed that they were able to bring in revenue and kind of stand for the long term, then the owners knew how much money that they were actually going to lose. So then they came to the table. The NFL, they don't have a system like that that's looking out for those lower-tier guys. I mean, we're not talking about the guys that are going to get the contracts like Russell Wilson and Dak eventually and Carson Wentz. These people that get 30 and $40 million, $100 million contract. It's the guys that you were talking about in preseason that's fighting for a roster spot that, yeah, we say, hey, man, you're making $400,000. Well, a practice squad guy's making $50,000 a year. And now he's jobless, you know what I mean, without really any other skills. I mean, that's a problem. Yeah. So, I mean, it, maybe it is a little unfair to say they're dumb, but overwhelmingly, I think a lot of these cats are dumb. <laughs> I mean. Well, you still got the Vince Youngs that um, take out a 32% high interest loans of $7 million because he can't function and pay his well, rent. <laughs> Adrian Peterson's going to have to play till he's 60 to pay off his shit. So, he's probably going to do it. He's still got he, steroids, so he can make he's it. He's got 19 different kids. Uh, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. And if you and I have talked about this, NFL cats are, are different than NBA cats. I mean, yeah, you're right. Just, you know, as a whole, just 
you know, we, we kind of talked about it that the NFL, while I, I'm not – or football attracts uh, just a different demographic, man. I, like, I, I feel like it's a lower intelligent type of, of person that plays football over any other sport because there's so much that goes into it. That's not, that's not to say that they're dumb, but they're definitely not as intelligent as people who play, I don't know, basketball. I think I'm saying that as a whole. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, in fairness, if you were in a car crash every 10 minutes for like five years straight, you're probably not going to be the most intelligent cat either, Marcus. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. But we love football. I love football. So, you know, as long as, as, you know, I I, I root for every one of these guys, whether they're on my team or not, with the exception of Tyreek Hill, uh, who, you know, was was proven not guilty, I guess, or whatever the case was, but except for cats like that. But um, so let's get to the the AFC and NFC. Hold on, hold on. Before that, this show might go a little long because I want to touch on this again. Ask you again. What do you feel about the Jay Z NFL partnership? Have you have you changed? Are you still on the same basis? What do you feel? Because you got a lot of controversy with Eric Reed, Malcolm Jenkins, lightweight Colin Kaepernick chiming in. People saying Jay Z is a traitor. Blah blah blah. What do you feel about it? I mean, a big part of me still thinks he did it for the money. Um, I, but I guess the biggest now now that I've seen a little more, I, I will reserve judgment uh, until I see what what comes of this. But overall, I still think that they made him a uh, they they wrote him a check that he couldn't refuse, and that there this is going to pave a way for him to own a team one day, which is, is I, I definitely believe in the long that. run a good thing. Yeah, so that's that's kind of my thing, man. I just. I have a problem with people in general because it's kind of like back in the day when you got the Mark Martin and Malcolm thing. Like you can never have two fighting entities if you don't agree. Just like okay, I don't agree what you're doing, but I'm just I, I agree that you're doing something. You know what I mean? And I respect it. It's always has to be like direct competition. So right. what burns me up about the whole thing is kind of the players like Eric Reed and my everybody has said something. It, it, it makes me mad because they have flipped the issue. Colin Kaepernick kneeled because of injustice, right? And then yep. they they said he got blackballed, which he proved his case of collusion. That's why he settled. My problem is that when he settled, he signed a non-disclosure agreement. He didn't have to. He could have kept fighting. He could have took it to court. He could have stretched it out and won the case. Once you win the case, you can say whatever you want to about it. But taking a settlement, for whatever reason, he decided to take a settlement he took a settlement. Now he can't even speak on it. So that's why yeah, you don't that hear. cannot be overlooked, by the way, because you are correct on that. Yeah. So that's the reason why he's not openly saying anything and everybody else. And he's sending mysterious tweets because he literally cannot say anything about the NFL. He agreed to that when he took the settlement. That's huge. So all these people, they had a guy named Myson, a rapper. He was talking about how he was in it with Kaepernick and a bunch of groups. And once Kaepernick took the settlement. He disappeared. You know what I mean? No no direction. What do we do now? Eric Reed now is talking about, hey, get Kaepernick a job. So that means that Eric Reed is now playing again. He's in the NFL as his employer. You got Colin Kaepernick wanting to be employed by the NFL after he took his settlement. So now is it still about injustice or are you guys now fighting for Colin Kaepernick to get a job? So then you have Jay-Z on the flip side. They come in and the link between Jay-Z, which... I didn't understand the timing until I clicked on clicked on Amazon, and there's a free meat meal thing special. You seen that? Uh, no, but I, I mean I've heard of it. I've not seen it. 
So this special dropped like right at the signing. It was like they coincided with each other. And so as I was watching it, I didn't realize, you know, Meek Mill is a part of Rock Nation. Well, Meek Mill, Mill developed all these relationships with like Bob Kraft, the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, all this stuff when he got incarcerated. So that brought light to all these friends that he had to be like, damn, how's he getting done like this? That's how he that's how like the NFL ended up linking up with Jay-Z is through Meek Mill situation where everyone was talking about Meek Mill. It was a big deal. The Philadelphia um, Eagles were playing Meek Mill's music. It brought a lot of attention that wasn't there before. Meek Mill is signed to Rock Nation. He's really close with Jay-Z. Jay-Z was working hand in hand with these guys to try to get Meek Mill out. That built a relationship about social injustice, right? <laughs> because that's a social injustice. And that's how they partner. And now, before ever letting anything take place, seeing anything that Jay-Z has done, everyone just jumped to be like, oh, he's a sellout. He did it for the money. Well, him and Meek Mill started a social injustice project. And if they can partner with the NFL to fund some of these things, isn't that what you were asking for? So I don't understand the outrage. I mean, like I said, because I, I, it can't be ignored that Colin Kaepernick also took the money. But I will say, like I said, I will reserve judgment for... To, I, I want to see what comes of this, and I, I do think that if we can get any kind of black ownership in the NFL, because I, I do think that that is an avenue for Jay Z at some point, and if we can get black ownership in the NFL, you know, because that's it's ridiculous, man. Damn, you know, of all these four major sports, I mean, I guess there's not a ton of black billionaires, but either way, neither here nor there. I do think that that would be good for the league if this is a path to ownership for him. So. While I do think he he he, they definitely wrote him a check he couldn't refuse, and maybe he had ulterior motives. I'm willing to wait and see and see what comes of it. Um, I'm definitely more open to it than I was last week. Yeah, I just I mean I just had a problem with all the negativity because you don't know. I mean, if you got a guy that's actually has a track record of showing that he's has actually fought, it wouldn't be any different that if part of the Colin Kaepernick settlement was that he was taking a check from the NFL to start a social justice. I would say the same thing because he has a track record of actually working for social injustice. But I mean, if you're saying that, hey, we need more black people here, we need more own black owners, we need more black people at the halftime show and doing entertainment, and then he signs a deal and be like, oh, you a sellout, you did it for the money. Well, how the hell you think you don't get more black people doing it? Well, well, you know what I mean? You know how we are as a community. We we, we like the climb. Yeah. You don't want one person doing it. That's crazy. You know. But so, yeah, like I said, man, um, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. Um, I definitely think. I don't know that my mind has changed over the week, but I'm definitely open to it more so than I was. I mean, because it's natural, right? You hear this, and the, because there's so much going on with the NFL behind the scenes, it's more than just football. Yeah, and yeah definitely. There's so much more where you see, you know, Josh McCown for your Philadelphia Eagles getting a job in Colin Cat. You know what I mean? It's just stuff like that. And it dry, now, Kenny Stills popped off at the mouth, wrong time. His coach plays straight, you know, field practice with Jay Z music. That was his fault. That was on. I thought a player did that. I thought a defensive player set that up. Uh, uh-uh, I was the coach. Uh, so okay. you know that, and that was on that was on King Steels because the one thing I will say, I don't think you should be popping off like that, especially when you when you see how quickly your livelihood can be taken away. So, <laughs> well, and also, uh, but that that goes back to my other point, man. One day we're gonna have to do an episode with a deep dive on Kaepernick because 
Um, as we talked about last episode, I think a lot of people are making it, you know, Josh McNown, whatever. Josh McNown is a quiet figure coming in camp. There's no way that you can quietly bring Colin Kaepernick in as a backup. And Correct. for so long, I don't think Colin Kaepernick wanted I know for sure when he first got quote-unquote blackballed, he was not looking for a, ba- um, a backup position because Seattle brought him in, and he wasn't trying to take a $5 million backup. He wanted to be a starter. He wanted a chance to start, which, you know, is anybody's right. But if that if the coaches don't see you like that, then you become kind of a problem. Because are you going to be good in the locker room? And then after that, you get so polarizing where they don't even want to bring you in at all. It's easy to bring a Josh McCown in. You bring in a fucking uh, Colin Kaepernick with Carson Wentz, and he goes down with an ankle injury, and Colin Kaepernick wins two games. It gets crazy. And then it's racism that you're benching him. Same thing with the but Tebow. You know That's the Tebow effect. I mean, but I mean, maybe. But there was a circus for... For a limited time, I think he's got to go to the right team. It's just like with Michael Always. Vick. If Michael Vick had gone to the wrong team, it would have been a straight-up shit show. If he'd have gone to the Raiders, it would have been a shit show. But he went to Andy Reid and, uh, you know, an ins- a team that was, you know, f- like if the Patriots, for whatever reason, and just throwing that out there, if they brought in Kaepernick, I think it would be a fine situation. Like, I, I, I do. I think if, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't bring him to Dallas, couldn't bring him to New York. Anywhere there, there's a quarterback controversy, you can't do it. Bro, they say that, but do you remember when the when people thought that and the Patriots brought in Tim Tebow? I mean, that's fair. <laughs> you know what I'm Colin saying? He's better than Tim Tebow, so. But Tim Tebow, you know, I mean, it's arguable, but what I'm saying is that's more the circus thing. And Tim Tebow is a white male with, you know, that had like a godlike status. You know what I mean? So that's why I compare it to Kaepernick because I don't think it's all right race. I think it's these these coaches and these owners do not like circus. They do not want a circus around anybody on their team, especially a non-starter. They brought in Tebow to uh, Patriots camp, and they brought in so much attention that Tebow lasted two weeks and got cut. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just they do not like a ton of attention in their training camps. They just that's just how they roll, right? Wrong. If we still allow the NFL to run these teams like you said, fifty factory owners or slave plantations, whatever they say goes, and that's how it goes on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean them's them's the facts. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Let's get to the AFC South. Um, this that's division, still a conference. What's that? That's still a conference. Yes, unfortunately, <laughs> that I probably won't watch a ton of. Uh, Andrew Luck probably not going to play week one. Um, I think the Houston Texans will win this division. I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars will be interesting. I think the Tennessee Titans are going to be bad. Um, I think the Colts could go either way. Um, I disagree. I think that the Jacksonville defense will be back. Um, I think they... I think Blake Bortles kind of just destroyed whatever little momentum that they had coming in, coming back with this, his awful play. Nick Foles, I don't think, is a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I'm an Eagles fan. By no stretch of the imagination do I think that Nick Foles is a great quarterback. But He's better Nick, than Blake Bortles. Yes, Nick Foles can follow directions. Nick Foles is comfortable being a game manager. He's in the, the elk of a Trent, of a Trent Dilfer. And he's he ain't gonna bounce the damn ball off his lineman's head time and time again. Well, he's not gonna make any dangerous throws, and that's what a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars need. They need a quarterback that can make a throw to win a game, that can you know manage the team and move the ball, but don't do anything dangerous. That can be a really really good game manager. And Nick Foles is being paid 
and he just doesn't care about all that shit. So he can just steady the offense to make that offense just good enough. The coach he got is fifty million dollars in Jesus. He's good to go. Yeah, the coach is gonna trust in him just enough to make those throws that they did not trust because uh, a lot of those throws is about trust. That game against the Patriots, the reason why they didn't want to throw at Blake Bortles isn't because he's not talented enough to throw the ball. It's because you can't trust that this motherfucker's not going to throw it in triple coverage. <laughs> so you can't put it in his hands and trust that he's not going to go on a string of throwing six interceptions. <laughs> you know, And that's a that's one thing that I don't think you have to. If you just simplify the offense and say, hey, go out there and do this, make this read, he's going to make the smart play. So I think he's going to stabilize the offense. I think that defense is going to be legit. And I think that's going to be a good team. I picked the Jacksonville Jaguars to win that division. Houston, Texas will be good. I just, man, that lack of weapons. I think they've been winning that conference by default, 9-7, 10-6, just because they were so bad. If the Jacksonville Jaguars and Colts can just be decent, I think that's going to spell trouble. They don't have a legit running game. They only have Hopkins on the outside, and um, Deshaun Watson can be very erratic. The defense. I don't is- know about that. I think that if you, you know, if the problem with Houston is health, I like that they brought in Duke Johnson. I think that even though you know with him and Lamar Miller, that that at least solidifies that backfield, and it's a little bit dynamic because Duke Johnson can run the ball and catch the ball. Um, and then I, you know, if Will Fuller is healthy, which we all know he's going to play six games, he's going to score eight touchdowns, and he will. Sean Jackson syndrome. Yep, and um, but I like Kiki Kutu if he's healthy. He's hurt um, right I now, like, though, right? Say that again. I think he's hurt right now. Then he get hurt up. I mean, whatever. But if if he can get healthy, stay mm-hmm. healthy, he'll be fine. I, I like their tight end. Uh, Ian is it not Ian Thomas? It's uh, Ian somebody. Uh, somebody I, you know, that's I, not dependable. Maybe, but I, I I think they've got some weapons on offense. Their defense is always legit. Um, I like Deshaun Watson. I think that you know he's a he's a really really good quarterback. I mean, I don't think he's top tier, but I think he's right there. Um, I mean, he, he was coming. Yeah, he was coming off an ACL injury, and he got better towards the end of the season. So I'm willing to take a, you know, if he can be the Desha- Deshaun Jackson, not Deshaun Jackson, the Deshaun Watson that we saw before the knee injury, that's a dangerous team. Uh, I just, I really like Jacksonville. This Andrew Luck situation is getting real sticky. <laughs> if they don't got Andrew Luck, that team is that team is like the Colts build their team all around the quarterback. Without I a quarterback, do like Jacoby Brissett though. Yeah, I but do. I think yeah, he's a starting but, quarterback in the league. Yeah, but he's not. He's not Andrew Luck. No, so he's not. without without Andrew Luck, that team is not going to be a good team. Andrew Luck can will them into being a good team just because of his passing ability. He's very dynamic. He got an Aaron Rodgers type thing where he can make mediocre talent talent look way better than it is. Jacoby Brissett, pro, um, Brissett. He's like Nick yep. Foles. Yeah, he can be good. He can be starter, but he's not going to be the guy that elevates your team to be better when they're mediocre. I don't see that. I'd agree with you on that. Um, yeah, I, 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 and I think the Titans flat out stink. Um, I don't. But they, but they got talent. a good defense, though. They do. Now, that they do have. There, there's no denying that. I, I don't believe in Mariota one bit. I don't believe that he's good. I don't believe he can stay healthy. What about um, Tannehill? I, I, well, Tana, that they might as well just combine their names: <laughs> Marcus Tannehill, uh, Ryan Mariota, whatever. They're the same damn quarterback to me, um, and I don't think either of them are, are. I think they're both average to below average. Um, well, I will say this: Ryan Tannehill has shown more talent than Marcus Mariota, and he's had some pretty fucking shitty coaches. I, now that I will agree with you on, but even the Titans' backfield, I don't like. I, I am not a Derrick Henry believer. And, and, you know, we, we talk about from a fantasy perspective, everyone likes to, you know, oh, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. 
you do realize that, uh, you know, before week 13, he never gained more than 58 yards in a game. Now, he, he had a great down-the-stretch uh, run, but Derrick Henry is what he is, in my opinion. I don't think he's that good of a running back. He runs too high, and for as big as he is, he gets tackled too damn easily. And then behind him, you've got uh, Deion Lewis, who's not great. Um, they have potentially two stud receivers, but they don't have quarterbacks that can get them the ball. I, I think Corey <laughs> Davis is really good. He just I think A.J. Brown is really good, too. I agree. <laughs> they just don't have anybody <laughs> throwing the ball. But that defense, that defense is legit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I want to talk bad about Derrick Henry. That motherfucker put me out of the fantasy playoffs last year, and I'm still salty about it. Never rushed <laughs> for 58 yards in his career and goes for like 300 yards and seven yeah. touchdowns in Boy, one game. Two, yeah. Boy, went off completely. <laughs> now, if you can get that Derrick Henry back, because that offensive line, now they are missing Taylor Luan for four games with that PED thing, but when he comes back, that offensive line is legit. So if they can actually get some traction and run the ball, uh, but I'm with you, man. I'm not sold on Mariota. I, I do like Tannehill. I would like to see what Tannehill does in that system with a legit defense behind him, um, with a good offensive line, with some weapons on offense. Because I will say, in Miami, Tannehill has never really had a legit offensive line. He's never really had a great defense, and he hadn't had any consistency at um, coach. So I believe if he could get some consistency and some team to believe in him, Ryan Tannehill can be good. I believe the same things about Blake Bortles. I just think sometimes these young quarterbacks, Quarterbacks, they get drafted and you put too much on their plate because you think there's something that they're not. That's not the type of quarterbacks they are. But if he can just, you know, trust in the run game, Derrick Henry, check it down to Deion Lewis and let him do the same things he did with the Patriots. Uh, you know what I mean? Just kind of manage the game. Everyone does not have to be Tom Brady. Hell, Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady for like the first four years. Ben Roethlisberger wasn't Ben Roethlisberger for the first four years. Neither was Russell Wilson. Sometimes you just got to manage the game and then learn to read the defense. Go slow before you go fast. Everyone expects these players to be great before they've been average. You know what I mean? I just, I think Tannehill has more upside than Mariota. And I think before week four, you're going to see Ryan Tannehill get a shot at the ball. I mean, I, I mean, you could talk me into Ryan Tannehill. Blake Bortles, I'm out on Blake Bortles. But Ryan Tannehill, yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. And he's he's put up some good numbers, uh, you know, on some pretty shitty and mediocre teams in Miami, which is the definition of Miami Dolphins, apparently. But, um, yeah, you could talk me into Tannehill. Uh, and at least you know from a fantasy perspective, if Tannehill comes in the game, that bumps up uh, A.J. Brown stock, Corey Davis stock. I mean, that that really, because he can actually throw the damn ball downfield, which Mariota just doesn't do. And, um, and if you can actually throw the ball down the field, and if A.J. Brown and uh, Humphreys and Corey Davis oh, can yep, be. forgot about Humphreys. Yeah, if they can, that was a perfect addition for them. Yeah, if they can get you anything down the field with Delaney Walker, then that running game could really be because you could really open up some big holes for Henry, and he's a load to take down. He just needs clear holes. I'm not sure he's good at reading the holes. Like, Why is it that Alabama running backs aren't good at reading the holes once they get out of Alabama? I don't know, but Josh Jacobs looks legit. Out, um, you know, so. uh, playing in Winnipeg on a 40-inch field. I mean, a 40-yard field. He didn't play last. He didn't, we ain't going to talk about that. He didn't play last night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. So, so how do you um, see this division finishing? What's your one, two, three, four? Houston, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Tennessee. Um, I'm going Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Houston, Tennessee, Indianapolis. Because I don't think I don't think Luck's going to be healthy, and I think they're going to have an eight and eight, eight and eight, seven and nine season. I think that 
uh, Jacksonville is going to surprise people. I think Jacksonville is going to finish somewhere around like 12 and 4, 11 and 5. Oh. I think Houston's going to come spicy. in. Yeah, I think Houston's going to come in somewhere around 10 and 6. And then, uh, you know, at best, it depends on who's at quarterback to stability. But I look at for the Titans to go, you know, 9 and 7. So I think there's going to be a competitive division outside of the Colts. And if Andrew Luck comes back healthy, um, I just don't have faith. It has a feeling of um, the year where Peyton Manning had that broken bone in his neck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the the stories coming out are just very unclear what's coming with Andrew Luck. I just, I just don't believe that he's healthy. I think something's really wrong with him and they're trying to hide it. Yes, I agree with you on that last part. You've heard that it's a calf injury, Achilles injury, ankle injury. Yeah, there's he's got a broken bone in his leg. Yeah, it's it's all over the map. Um, before we get to the NFC South, who are your fantasy breakouts? We know DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in this division. It's, it ain't close. Um, but as far as your breakouts go, who would that be? Um, I like D.D. Westbrook for Jacksonville. Uh, you know I know I was high on your that. list as well. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. <laughs> my stole your thunder there. Yeah, Didi's my guy, man. I think Didi West, Didi Westbrook is gonna have a crazy season. I think he's gonna be the number one receiver. He's the number one receiver with Blake Bortles. Uh, when he played with Blake Bortles, he only ended up having like uh, 800 yards, but ended up had seven touchdowns. A lot of that came at the end of the season because he was hurt, and you know the quarterbacks going back and forth. I think he's due for a huge year. If you look at Deshaun Jackson, when he had his best season, it was with Nick Foles in that Chip Kelly RPO offense. I think Diddy Westbrook will be similar. I think he's going to put up an incredible season. And with his speed. If he can stay healthy, that's the knock with him. If he can stay healthy, I agree with you. And this is his first offseason actually being healthy the whole offseason and being able to start week one. Last night when they played, he he got seven of Nick Foles' ten targets. One thing about Nick Foles, he doesn't have a third read. He has read one and read two. That's yeah, it. It's out. That's out. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you're either going to catch it or you're not going to catch it. I think Didi got like three of those seven targets, but it doesn't matter. You know who he's looking for. He got a, He got one and he has two. After that, there's no other reads. The ball's coming out no matter if it's an interception or what. That's all he does. Other one um, I like is Funches. No matter who's the quarterback, I think people are really sleeping on Devin Funches in that system. I think Devin Funches will have a big year, similar to how Eric Ebron came and revitalized his career. No matter if it's Andrew Luck or it's Jacoby Brissett, I think Funches is better than he was with Cam Newton. I think Cam. I don't think Cam Newton is a pure passer. I think he holds the ball too long. But a quarterback like Luck or um, Jacoby Prissett will be will do wonders for his route running, and I think Funches have a big year this year. Also, what about you? Um, my second person would be uh, damn <laughs> Duke Johnson. Uh, yeah, I don't know why that slipped my mind for a second. I actually really like that. Um, it, it seems like that's what Houston has been missing is a is a dynamic running back, and and I don't think he really got a shot in Cleveland. Is he a three down running back? No. But I think that he can come in and make some plays. And if, if he's your starting flex, you know, RB3, I think I, I actually like Duke Johnson. I like the system for him. And he's I think he's exactly what Houston has needed outside of a, you know, a, a three down, every down running back. Do I think it's a long term solution? I don't. But I do think he'll have he'll have a nice year. I don't think Eric Ebron in Indianapolis lives up to the year he had last year. And I've seen his ADP is through the roof. Um, I, I don't like him. Uh, to repeat what he did last year, I'm staying away from everybody on the Tennessee Titans offense. Um, <laughs> I like Corey Davis. I like AJ Brown. 
Uh, but again, until Tannehill comes in and takes over, I, I really I'm not even slightly interested. I don't believe in Derrick Henry. Don't believe in Deion Lewis. Um, so Tennessee is a complete stay away from me. Uh, Jacksonville. Honestly, man, I've seen, what, two, three years of Leonard Fournette now. I I think I've had all the Leonard Fournette I need to see. Um, If he stays healthy and he plays, he's good. If he's not and he's either suspended or hurt, for me, at his ADP, he's not worth the risk. Um, But if I can get him in the second or third round, which you can't, uh, that's when I would be interested in him. Yeah, I actually like Leonard Fournette this year because if um – Nick Foles and those receivers, because they have a ton of fast fucking receivers. You got DJ Chark, you got mm-hmm. Chris Conley, you got D.D. Westbrook. Even if all those dudes are just running goal routes, and Nick Foles will close his eyes and throw that shit up there. So, <laughs> yeah, he will. yeah. So if he can get, if he can take the pressure off the line of scrimmage at all for Leonard Fournette, I think he's due for a big year. More of my concerns is in the passing game. I don't know if they really have a legit third down um, running back. Um, I don't like Leonard Fournette in that role. They're missing TJ Yeldon, so I don't know where they do what they do with that. But if they're just going to pass pound the ball with Leonard Fournette and have a couple of fast guys that's going to stretch the field on play action, I think it can work for them, man. I, I, I really do. And I like Leonard Fournette in this offense. I'm, I'm all in on Jacksonville this year, man. I think they're going to rebound. I, I think they're going to surprise people. Um, it's kind of like the Eagles. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. Then they came back and had that terrible year last Well, not terrible, but, you know, a bad year last year. I think that's similar to what Jacksonville. Jacksonville has a ton of talent. Uh, they just needed a quarterback that can kind of stabilize and keep that defense off the field every fucking three plays. If they can just keep that defense fresh, they can go. Those boys can go. So I really like, I really like all that. Um, and I like Jacksonville this year. So let's move on to the NFC South. Yeah, so NFC South, you've got the Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are probably, I don't know, one of the worst teams I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I don't I – th- I think the Saints win this division. Um, man, really, it's, it's tough to call. I do. I, I think the Saints win this division, but it ain't going to be easy. Carolina and Atlanta are, are, are very good teams, and it wouldn't shock me if either one of them came out and won the, won the division now. Cam Newton hurt his foot last night, but they're saying it's a pretty mild foot sprain. Um, but Carolina's defense is good. They've got weapons on the outside. They've got Christian McCaffrey. Cam Newton's always dangerous. It's just a matter if their line can hold up. Um you know, Atlanta is always talented. Devontae Freeman coming back. Um, you know, they, they've got Julio. They've got Calvin Ridley in his second year. They've got uh, Austin Hooper at the tight end position who, who should have a pretty big year for fantasy purposes. Um, you know, a real complete offense. And then that Atlanta Falcons defense does not get talked about enough because they've got some straight-out studs. Yeah, in Keanu fast. Neal, Deion Jones. Um, uh, what's that cast name that came in and, and dropped the F-bomb? Uh, Tarek McKinley. Oh, yeah. uh, they've got studs all over that defense. Yeah, man, um, this is a division that traditionally a team does not win back-to-back years. Um, that kind of spells trouble for the Saints. The Saints are coming in um, with this prestige of feeling like they were cheated the year before. Um but the Saints are kind of up and down because, you know, the defense is always shaky with the Saints. Saints are built kind of like OU. I talk about OU. Some years they're good on defense. Some years they're just not. Um, they're missing Mark Ingram, but you still got Alvin Kamara. I just feel like the Saints are going to take a step back. I think that losing in that championship game, the way they lo- lost and coming into this season, just feeling like it's going to be given to them. I have nothing to confirm that. I just feel like the Saints are going to take a step back. Uh, one of, like, like when they started off 0-4. 
Drew Brees is a little bit older. That line wasn't great last year. And if you touch Drew Brees a couple of times, he can get very <coughs> sporadic nowadays because he's older. I don't like the Saints. I think the Saints have finished third in this division this year. I know that's crazy. I just think the Saints are going to take a step back. I really like the Atlanta Falcons. I'm with you. I think that defense is underrated. I think they had a down year last year. Uh, I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a lot better than he was last year. So you put Calvin Ridley, Julio, Sanu, um, Austin Hooper. You take away that bad offensive coordinator and a healthy Devontae Freeman. That, God, that Steve Sarkeesian, good <laughs> night. Yeah. Cool. So take away that bad play calling and the packages and just everything that he did wrong with so much talent. I think Atlanta is going to be a force. I think that offense is going to go back to the year when they won the Super Bowl. I'm not saying this is a Super Bowl team, but I'm saying this is like a 5,000-yard season for uh, Matt Ryan again. I think he's going to let it rip. Devontae Freeman being healthy is going to be big. I don't know who his backup's going to be, but it looks like they got some people behind him. Quadre Ellison, uh, Brian Hill, Edo Smith. They all Hill, look. I think is going to be the favorite to win that backup role. Yeah, but they're all capable. I mean, so you got some good people. And Devontae Freeman, when he's healthy, he can be very, very dynamic. He was not oh, healthy last year. He's an elite right. running back. You put that with Matt Ryan, that takes a lot of pressure off of Julio with Calvin Ridley. Now you get a healthy, healthy three-man squad with Devontae Freeman. And I, I mean, I just like the Atlanta Falcons I, to win this division. I think Devontae Freeman's getting a lot of disrespect fantasy-wise. I've yeah. seen him fall to the second round, third, you know what I mean? Not third round, but second round. I I've seen Devontae him go Freeman. late, late second, early third. Yeah. If you can get Devontae and Freeman in that range, you're still a steal. Yeah, yeah, you're still Here's the thing about the Saints. I actually like the Saints, um, and they've come out and say that they're they they're not going to use Kamara in a in a 25 you know touch role. I actually think the Latavius Murray signing was really good. Um, do I think he's better than Mark Ingram in some in some ways around the goal More line? Explosive. I do. Yeah, I, I like the Latavius Murray signing, it, and you know I think that's a cheap back that you can have for fantasy purposes. Um, I, I, I like that sign a lot. I think they're going to keep Kamara to 15 to 20 touches a game, and other than that, I mean, they're, they're going to run Latavius Murray. Drew Brees is 40 years old. He does not have the arm that he used to. Um, while, you know, Michael Thomas is always going to be a weapon, and they've got, you know, weapons on the, <clears throat> excuse me, on the receiving core. The Latavius Murray signing is going to mean it's business as usual. So I think a lot of people are kind of forgetting that Latavius Murray has shown that he can be a good and productive back when he's healthy. He did in Oakland. He did in Minnesota. Um, I don't disagree with you. The problem that I have with the Saints is not just that – not just the things that I said, but also they won the division last year, which means they get the toughest they get the toughest schedule True. in the conference. True. Like when Atlanta had the toughest schedule in the conference. So now you're going and you now you're playing the uh you're playing the Rams, you're playing the Cowboys, you're playing Chiefs. The, the Chiefs, you know, you're getting mm-hmm. all the number one teams and it's just gonna stack up on you when you got uh I believe Atlanta did they finish second or third? I can't even remember. Atlanta finished oh I think Atlanta finished third. Yeah, I don't remember either. I can't remember if they finished second or third. If you get Atlanta with a third-place schedule and they're healthy, and that's a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, you're playing the Arizona Cardinals as opposed to the <laughs> – Right. You know, so I don't, I don't know, man. I just I just like Atlanta this year in that division. Um, if Cam is healthy, I like, I like them better than uh, the Saints. Not to say that it's anything crazy like they're going to go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. I mean, that division is traditionally very close. So, I, I mean, think you can get three teams in the playoffs in that division. Yeah, so I mean, three, all three of those teams can still make the playoffs, and what I say stand. But 
I mean, I, I like Carolina. I like what Cam does. I think they can finish second in the division if they really stop using Christian McCaffrey as a decoy and letting and Cam really open yeah, up for him. Let him loose. Let him do what he's there to do. You know what I'm saying? Save Cam Newton. Yes, Cam Newton can get the easy stretch first down and touchdown, but that's how he gets banged up with a shoulder, knee. Just let Cam Newton be a quarterback. Let CMC do what you pay him for and use him and let those young receivers, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, stretch the field. Then if you save Cam Newton and you can get a fresh Cam Newton at the second half of the season, then you may be able to go to the Super Bowl again. I don't know. Um, so I, I like I like it to go Atlanta, Carolina, Saints, and Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay will be better, but that just means they're going to win like six or seven games. <laughs> Which they seem to do every year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean – Tampa Bay is a classic five and eleven, six and ten team. No more, no less. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think they made the playoffs since John Gruden was there. Have they? Maybe. I don't know. I don't pay attention to Tampa. I'm not going to think lie. so. Um, I do like their offense though, and they they have a bunch of fantasy guys that I'm intrigued with. But as far as just pure play on the field, I don't think they're going to make much of an impact. Yeah. I, for me, I think it's um, it's going to be Saints, Falcons, Panthers, and then uh, Tampa. Um, who are your fancy breakouts for this division? Chris Godwin. Go get Chris the Godwin. The hype is real, man. And not only, um, I mean, when you get the coach coming out saying that you want the guy to get 100 catches, you know what I mean? You can't do anything but read into it. Chris Godwin has, has been good the last two seasons. Um, I like Chris Godwin. I do. The problem is is his his hands is not consistent. Like he had a couple of games where he was targeted like 10 times and only came with three or four catches. I'm hoping he's only like a third or fourth year player. I hope he matures because he's going to get the opportunity. And in fantasy, that's what you're drafting for. You're drafting for the opportunity that players are going to get. You got Mike Evans, but Mike Evans is already banged up with like a hamstring or something. He's always banged up with muscle injuries. So the number two wide receiver on his team can easily become the number one wide receiver any game or any week because Mike Evans has a tendency to go out in games. I love Chris Godwin. Uh, on the same team, I like Ronald Jones. I know Peyton Barber is still getting a lot of hype. Ronald Jones has been sitting out with a, a knee injury. New coach, new staff, new offense. That uh, that offense that he runs, what's the coach's name? Um, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians. That's when David Johnson was at his back. Was that right? Uh, when yep. did he coach at Arizona? Yeah, he had David Johnson. Yeah, that's when David Johnson was at his best. They need a, a running back that's versatile and explosive that can run, catch. And- Here's the deal. Ronald Jones can't catch. Ronald Jones can't, can't catch, catch at all. He can catch. No, he cannot. That yes, was the biggest knock on him coming out of yeah. USC. He cannot I'm talk- catch. Yeah, I'm talking about what I've been reading in practice. He's gotten better. He's not like well, Alvin Kamara. You know what I'm saying? They're preseason, man. Of course, everybody everybody can catch in preseason. Listen, I'm not talking about CMC, Le'Veon Bells. They're not lining him up in slot routes. He's just doing option routes. He should be able to catch that five-yard pass. That's why I think he's better than Peyton Barber because when you give Peyton Barber that catch, he's going two to three yards. You give Ronald Jones that swing pass or a wheel route or option route, he can take it, you know, 20 to 30 yards. I like Ronald Jones this season. I mean, Peyton Barber was the first running back to have like 500 carries and not get 1,000 yards. I mean, Oh, yeah, Peyton th- Barber's trash. Yeah, there's nothing uh, exciting about Peyton Barber. I'm out on Peyton Barber. Um, or sorry, I'm out on Ronald Jones as well. Uh, but I agree with you. Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, I, I do like a lot. Um, Chris Godwin, me, Ronald Jones, and one more I want to give you is – I forgot. Go ahead. 
Um, for me, I like DJ Moore. Um, in Carolina, I like Curtis Samuel. In Carolina, I like both those receivers, actually. Um, I, I I think that they both showed the ability to get open. They've got sure hands. And they actually, while they're not deep threats, those are those guys who are PPR, middle of the field, contested catches guys who, you know, every team really needs. Now, Curtis Samuel that, is a deep threat, though. Curtis Curtis Samuel's a running back in a wide receiver body. And but he's a deep threat. If he gets a ball in his hand, well, but he's not like a Deshaun. You know what I mean? He's not Not, that, not that. yet. He hasn't had a chance. I, I This year, I think he's going to be a deep threat. Um, and then you've got, I, I, I said earlier, I really like Latavius Murray um, as a steal. You know, do I think he, I think that that's the kind of person that you find in the mid rounds that's going to win you a league. Um, I, I just, I think that if he's healthy, he's the perfect compliment to Alvin Kamara. Um, and then lastly, uh, I, we talked about Devonte Freeman. I think if you're getting him in the late second, early third round, you are absolutely stealing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all in on Devonte Freeman, man. Uh, Devonte Freeman is going to be due for a big year. He was just not healthy last year. He's back. He's healthy. He's going to be a steal if you can get him. If you can get him, especially at where he's going at his ADP, I don't know his his price may be moving up. His ADP may be moving up. It's depend on what people are looking at and paying attention to. But yeah, man, uh, if you can get Devonte Freeman anywhere in the mid second, late second, early third, then you're stealing. But I've seen dudes like Sony Michelle going in like the third round, and I'm 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 normally totally opposed to this, but this may be the draft with all the committees and the questions at running back, and you even got that with Zeke and um, Melvin Gordon. This may be the draft where you just go two wide receivers and then get who you get in the third and fourth round in running back. Yeah. I agree with you. The, the the running back position is kind of deeper than than it normally is because there's so much uncertainty everywhere. So yeah, if you can get Sony Michelle, Devontae Freeman in the third round, that's all day. Yeah, I'm so, right now. If you're in the back half of the draft, you can't get a Saquon Barkley or somebody like that. I mean, I'm just saying, hey, go ahead and go with two wide receivers. You can get a Michael Thomas and a Odell Beckham, or a Michael Thomas and a uh, Mike Evans in the first two rounds and then come back and get a James Conner and a Devontae Freeman or something like that. Sony Michelle. There's so many running backs that are falling into like the third and fourth rounds. A Chris Carson. Shit, I'll take a um, OBJ and Michael Thomas with Chris Carson and Sony Michelle. I'm good with that. Correct. <laughs> Especially if you're in a PPR league. So Yeah. Um, well, that's uh, the AFC South, NFC South. Uh, anything you want to touch on before we get out of here? Oh, feeble basketball started, man. You excited? Sure. I want to watch the Boston Celtics play again uh, before the <laughs> yeah, season starts. Yeah, I just saw the uh, the Celtics play Australia. They played on Thursday. I think there's another game at midnight tonight. They're doing their, um, I don't know what this shit is called, friendly play or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's a friendly. Yep. Yeah, but, I mean, it's pretty interesting. Kimball Walker, man, that dude looks, I, man, I think that might be, Jordan's going to regret that shit because Kimball Walker looks this, like he's on another level. Is this the worst uh, FIBA team we've had no no like nah. 15 years nah man cause this I mean I was talking all that shit about them and then I really watched the game and I sat down they built this roster like a real team I mean Joe Harris is a starting two guard they got Brooke Lopez out there to stretch the floor they got um, Chris Middleton on the team they have a ton of shooters on that team this is a just kind of glancing and hearing the names that were quitting and leaving the team. But when I actually sat down and watched the game, they built this team like a real good NBA team. You know what I mean? So I actually don't think this team is as bad as we thought it was going to be. Uh, I think it's 
Kimball Walker, um, Jalen Brown, Joe Harris. Um, shit, I can't remember, but it's a it's a Jason, really good. T- uh, Tatum doesn't Tatum. start. Tatum doesn't start though. Oh, you're so right. I, yeah, Jason. Yeah, you got yeah. Miles Turner out there to defend the rim, shoot the three. It's a really really versatile team. This team is way better than I thought. I wish Fox would have stayed on the team, but I can understand you're on a non playoff team. You do need to focus on trying to make the fucking playoffs. So I agree with that. But if Fox would have been coming off the bench, I would have liked it a little bit more. Still don't know if they got enough to beat like a Serbia, um, with um, or they beat Spain because Spain is a little older. But Serbia is really young and athletic. Um, but we're gonna see, man. That team is better than I thought it was just initially glancing. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, man. Um, that's what we got. Next week we'll be talking about the AFC NFC West. Uh, last week of preseason games, we'll touch on college football's first week. Um, uh, you know, we're we're here, folks. Uh, you might as well go ahead and tell your wives that it's over. You'll see them next year. Um, it's over. Yeah. So yeah, you know, hey, get the my, sleep out your eyes. My Saturdays and Sundays are no longer free. If you want to do something Friday night, pre-plan it. Yeah, I told the old lady, don't even ask. Okay? <laughs> She's like, "Yo, let's get breakfast." I said, "No, nah, ain't no breakfast." <laughs> I don't know if you can get if you can get it before eleven. No, nah, it start. You see, NFL starts early out here. It's ten a.m. You know what I mean? Oh ah, shit, you're Ari- on the West Coast. Arizona people love their brunch and shit. So everybody and their mama's out for breakfast, and no. There, there's no plans. On Damn, so and NFL games started like 10 a.m. there, huh? Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know if so, that's good or bad. You know, you just got to get your shit done early because you, you blink and then all of a sudden, you you know, you, you get one of them oversleeps and it's 1 o'clock and you're trying to figure out what the hell happened. I so, need to move to the West Coast. I could probably get a lot more rest. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know like, what? It is great <laughs> because I get to watch, you know, so the game started at 10. They're over by like 7, you know. You ain't got to yeah. stay up till, till you know, who knows when uh, on the East Coast. To, you know, you don't even get to watch Sunday night games half the time. Even NBA games, even the late game is, what, over about 9 or 10? Yep, over about 10 o'clock. So, it works man, out. I need to make a move to Phoenix, man. No, nah, don't come this way. Just go to California, man. It's too, let me tell you something right now. It's 115 <laughs> degrees out here. It's killing people. You don't it's want killing this. people dead. So, <laughs> six months out of the year, okay, you're fighting for your life. So, <laughs> And you can't use your air conditioner all the time by what you're telling nope. me. Because they cut, they cut it down. If you try and use it, they're charging you. You know, outrageous prices. You don't want that problem. All right, uh, man. That's all right, it. Y'all. That's all. All right, we'll holler. Peace. Peace.